0: And in the fall, we joined groups and teams here at Love City Church. Yeah, and being part of a group has been awesome. Um, it's great to get together every week, uh, encourage one another, pray for one another, really be vulnerable. It's been so good for our marriage, um, for me personally, as well as our kids, to be able to hang out with other kids their age and, and have fun. And and that smaller setting really um, yeah, just opens up more discussion, more time to, to really talk and about what Ryan's teaching on Sundays and, and go deeper. So it's been really great. Mm-hmm. And being a part of teams on Sunday mornings has been really good for uh, just me personally, just uh, committing to something and, and uh, being a part of a team and just really hearing the, the heart of the ministry, in, even in kids ministry, hearing Pastor Jesse just talk about um, what her vision is and praying for the kids and just getting excited about what we're doing at Love City Church. So good to be with you today. What a great groups video. Hey, Mike and Mal there, rocking it. That was awesome. Those are my people. Where are you guys? Where's my group? Where's my group at? There he is. Yeah. Come on, Mike. I know you, brother. Wow. It is so good to be in the house today. If you don't know me, my name is Andrew. My wife, Brittany, and I are part of the eldership team here at Love City Church. And we're just so thrilled to see what God's doing in this church. Uh, We celebrated five years recently and God is just, he has got good stuff in store for Love City Church. So it is a, a pleasure to uh, be bringing you the word today from the Holy Scriptures. Our pastors, Ryan and Steph, are at Lighthouse Church this morning in Southeast Calgary. Uh, they are setting in new pastors at the church. There's a, a transition of the lead pastor uh, team. So Pastor Sam and Sahana... Are going to be taking over there, and so Ryan and Steph are there today, setting them in, helping support that church. And isn't it awesome to be a part of a church that doesn't do it alone? There are groups of churches in the city that we are a part of this together as we move forward to help lost people know Jesus Christ. Right? So we love uh, Pastor Ryan and Steph so much, and Sam and Sahana. I know they've been here at a few different events, and they just. Just such sweet people, and uh, they always have a, a smile uh, on their faces, and we 're just so thankful that we have pastors uh, that will go and support other churches. so they are there at lighthouse Church today, so you 're stuck with me for the next two and a half hours. <laughs> that was better than the first service. Thank you. no uh, it won 't be two and a half hours, <laughs> probably closer to three so so I appreciate your patience. Um, I just want to take a minute to pray for, uh, for Lighthouse Church. So let's we'll just bow our heads, close our eyes. God, we thank you so much for Lighthouse Church. We thank you for the pastors that have been a part, Lord, of the foundation there, that have ministered to your people, Lord. We thank you for that season, Lord, that you have uh, had for their church, Lord. And we are thankful for the new season that you have for Lighthouse Church. We pray that as pastors uh, Sam and Sahana are set in, Lord, that their peace and your wisdom and your clarity would go before them. That there be a boldness, Lord, to preach the word of God to the people of God, and that many would come to know you through Lighthouse Church. That there would not just be numerical growth and multiplication of people, but Father, that there be a deep, deep discipleship and a, and a knowing and a love of Jesus Christ through your church, Lord. We thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for the uh, the church, which is your idea, God. We just pray that today as they are set in, Lord, that they would feel the call of God in their life, that you would remind them that you are there with them in this season and that there are good things in store for those who are called according to his purposes, which they are in Jesus' mighty name, we pray, amen. Awesome. Okay, well, we have been uh, in a series, and actually, before I get started, I just want to um, give a quick shout out. Uh, he asked me not to do this, but he's not here. So, um, Pastor Ryan and Steph, we are, we're very uh, grateful to have such um, great pastors and people In our lives Uh, they do have hearts of gold and they care so much for each and every one of you in this church I know there's times when you maybe don't feel that or you don't think that or in any relationship but just know that they love you all so much Uh, we are so thankful to have them in our church and I just want to honor them Um, what they the, the job the ministry you know though his burden is light and his yoke is easy Sometimes it feels a little heavy when you're leading people, right? When you're shepherding people. And they've done that day in and day out uh, for the last five years and counting, praise God, for our church. So um, so bless him on him. Give him a big high five and a hug if you see him later this afternoon. He's going to help us tear down. So how, how humbling is that as, you know, he leads, servant leader. Uh, and I also just want to quickly uh, honor and recognize my grandma uh, that's here today in the back. Grandma Mary Hardy. Grandma, can you give us a wave? And if you just look back towards the end there, you can see that's my grandma right there. She's in the house of the Lord. If you heard all that uh, shouting and dancing, that was probably coming from up there in the corner. So look out. But uh, I just want to recognize and honor my grandma because, you know, the the scriptures say um, that generations will be blessed in the courts of our God as we serve and follow God. So I'm here today, in part, because of her, because of the, um, the mom that she was to my mom, and that, that she planted a seed in me that took a little time for it to develop, but praise God, it's developing. <laughs> and I said yes to the call of God on my life and accepted Him as my Lord and Savior, which is good to know that whoever's preaching you is also <laughs> has a relationship with Jesus, so rest assured that... Um, That I am a follower of Christ. So thank you, Grandma, for uh, serving faithfully. Um, If you saw her Bible, I mean, she's got as much notes written in there uh, as Scripture and thoughts that God's put in her heart. And she has lived the life, the stalwart life that we talk about, that we want to be as a church, that when we're in our 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, that we're still worshiping the Lord as king of our lives, that we realize that he is the king of everything. And he alone deserves the glory and the honor and praise. So thank you for serving the Lord, Grandma, and Auntie Lorraine, and my mom. Thank you guys for being here. My dad was here at the first service, too. So thank you, Dad. Love you guys very much. All right. Do you want to hear the word today? Have you come hungry? Do you need a little salt on your lips? Isn't that what they would give the horses before they come to water? You know, you need a little teaser, a little appetizer to get hungry? Are you hungry for the word today? All right, we won't put... You can leave the salt licks back there. We won't need those. Awesome. Um, Not to offend anyone there. Sorry, not a good way to start. All right, we're wrapping up a series today in Matthew. We've been uh, going through uh, one of the most famous sermons of Jesus. You're going to see it on the screen here as well. And uh, Jesus preaches the Sermon on the Mount. So important to note here when Jesus preaches in Matthew 5 that Jesus is preaching to... Believers, he's preaching to people who recognize him as Lord and Savior. Um, they they are Christians essentially. So Matthew five thirteen to sixteen says, "You are salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket." Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So in the first couple weeks of this series, we uh, spent more time on the earlier scriptures talking about how we are salt. We are light to those around us. We don't have to be salty. We just are. When Christ comes into our life, that's just... It is what it is. Um, and today we're going to focus more on the last uh, Scripture f- fifteen or 516. So when we read this, I don't know about you, but when I first read this and preparing it and, you know, hearing it in the past, you think, okay, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see though so that wanna, everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And that's what stuck out to me too, good deeds. I think to myself, oh, geez, have I... Have I done enough good deeds lately? Uh, did I help grandma across the street or pick up groceries for my friend? Or maybe give a, uh, a sandwich to, you know, somebody just walking across the street? There's different things that come to mind about, oh, oh goodness, am I doing enough good? Is, uh, is this, you know, evidenced in my life? Now, those things are all awesome. Those things are all good but there's something actually a little bit deeper. You know, a funny funny thing, the cool thing about Scripture is as you understand the the layers and the depth as we dig deeper, there's just so much uh, meaning and um, there's just so much power in the words that as we dig deeper in it, we understand God more. We understand Him better and how we can apply this to our lives because this is truly the way to live. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So we learn that through peeling back the layers and reading and spending time in his scripture. So we'll define uh, what good deeds, or in other translations, good works are. So good means, you know, beautiful. It's genuine. It's approved, precious, useful, comforting, and confirming. And then works, or deeds, is actually something not just like an act of charity, or doing something. Again, those things are good. This is implying something much deeper, something more ongoing. That there's a business, there's a, an employment, a, a toiling. It's the work that one does as a labor or uh, effort or occupation. The idea of working is emphasized that it's something that's harder to do as opposed to something that is easier. So really... It's how you handle your business. It's your authentic, genuine work. Your uh, your toiling, right? Your day in and day out. It's not just a list of things to tally up that I've done enough of these good deeds. There's a deeper meaning in the scriptures that it's how we're spending our lives. It's this useful toiling or authentic or genuine business and approved work that we do each and every day. It's how we commit our lives to Christ. Now, I think this, for me, gives me a little bit of freedom. Now, when you read the Scriptures, there is, uh, there's conviction, right, that comes from the Word of God, and, and we need that. That's good. There's an intention in that so that we would, you know, turn from our wicked ways and follow Jesus. Uh, and there's comfort in that too. But what there isn't is doubt, discouragement, defeat or delay. So I just feel the Lord press this upon me when preparing, that there are, um, there are times in our life where we go through seasons, and we feel like, i just not doing enough for God. That's not actually from God. If you feel shame or guilt because you haven't done enough good deeds, that's from the enemy. You see, he wants to keep you in that position, in that place where you feel, ah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's too much work, and I haven't really done a lot of good stuff, so I just can't, you know, I can't do it. And we stay in that place. Don't you think that's where the enemy wants you? He doesn't want you in a place where you recognize that you're victorious and your identity is in him. There's nothing more that you can do to earn his love. He loves you so much right now. What's that song, I'll never be more loved than I am right now? Right? He wants, he wants it so that you won't be active, so that you won't step forward in your walk with God, that you won't shine your light to other people. Ephesians 2.8 says, "'For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for, he is, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works.'" which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. So it's this ongoing labor, this commitment that we are walking and working it out in our daily lives. And it's a gift from God, not a result of our good business, not a result of our acts of charity or our good deeds. It's a gift from God. Our good works, our good business, this ongoing, you know, authentic, genuine toiling is evidence of our salvation. We don't do that to earn salvation. If you agree with me, please say amen. Amen. All right. Those who didn't agree, please stand to be recognized. No, just kidding. You can stay seated. Um, There's a, a next verse that says that these good deeds, this work that God has created us to do, should shine out for all to see. You see, it's not just what you say about God, it's what people see in your life that says what you know about God. Just let it sink in. It'll take a second, but I fully don't understand it either, but people will see Christ in you, right? The Bible says that anyone who belongs to Christ, sorry, I'm crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ lives within you. In Romans it says, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. As believers, we have Christ living in us. We are representatives of Jesus in our lives. Now, Some time in your life, have you ever been approached by someone who's maybe tried to share Jesus with you or a witness to you, and you kind of either maybe you don't know them or or maybe you do know them and you know their life, and you're like, ah, I think I'm good actually. Like I don't, I don't know if I want what it is that you have. You see, there's a. Um, you know, it, this isn't a new idea uh, that has been around, and Jesus preached about it, right? The uh, religious people, the people that are saying one thing and, and doing another, they're hypocrites, right? Um, he said in Matthew fifteen eight. he said, these people, religious folks, right, are trying to obey uh, uh, the law to be saved, said that these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In Titus 1, uh, 15 to 16, it says, everything is pure to those who hearts, whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Such people claim to know God, but they deny Him by the way that they live. They're detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. It's a little harsh, right? But remember, we learned about salt. It's, it's not good salt. It's... it's it's worthless for doing anything good when we're not redeemed by Christ. There's a great quote I love from a, a book um, by Francis, Francis Frangipan. It says The credibility of our witness is lost when sin rules in our lives. The world has heard too many Christians give testimony to a life they are not living, they cause multitudes of people to think Christianity does not work. People who do not really know him seek to represent him to others. And instead of testifying of his wonderful works, they testify only of their religion. The unsaved do not see Jesus. They hear about church. They're told sin is wrong. Lusts are evil and drunkenness is a terrible shame. But they do not see the love of Jesus. Yes, these things are wrong. But people must meet the love of Jesus, before they will abandon their love of sin. When we meet Jesus, we abandon our love of sin. He changes us from the inside out. The Bible says that we are a new person in Christ. He has created us anew. There's a transformation inwardly that takes place before we can truly witness what's seen and heard of a life that's lived for and with Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying don't witness. My my encouragement would be, and this is for me too, make sure we're living for Him before we witness. Make sure people see Him in us before we share. Scripture says in Psalm 50, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then, then I will teach transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back to you. What uh, qualifies us to uh, share the gospel message of Jesus on some level is the fact that we just recognize that we need God, that we're sinners um, like sheep without a shepherd who have gone astray, and we just recognize our need for God, right? Blessed are we when we, when we do. There are, um, there are people around you in your work, in your life, in your school, in your church, that are watching how you live there are people who don't know the message of god or they they compartmentalize it as a religion or just going to church they don't see the reality of what a life-changing authentic and genuine relationship with jesus does and that it's available to all a quote i was reminded of is that evangelism is simply joining a conversation that the Holy Spirit is already having with that person. There are people in your life, in your walk with God right now, wherever you are, that the Holy Spirit is having a conversation with them. You won't save them. God saves them. God is working in their lives right now and he is using you to shine your light into their lives so that they see And praise God. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging him, giving him first place in your lives as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confident assurance elicited by faith that is within you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. If someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. I love these words, do it with gentleness and respect. There's another translation that says to do it with meekness and fear. Fear of the Lord, a respect and an awe. As we sang this morning, that you are holy, holy, holy. And when we come into the presence of Jesus and we say those words, we recognize who God is in our lives, that he is holy, 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 that we do so with a confident assurance. Now, the hope that we have is simply that Christ rose from the dead. He died for each and every one of us. We deserve death. If you've ever done the Purple Book study, we deserve death. But God has paid a price for us. He's redeemed us. That's our hope not just in in the future, right, but also right now. The Scriptures say to seek the kingdom first above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. There is a practical application or result that comes from right living with Christ. When we do, He restores our marriage. He cuts off chains of addiction. He gives us peace and contentment regardless of what's going on all around us. He gives us freedom. The scriptures say that he came to set the captives free. There is a result that happens when you encounter God. And when you do, you just want other people to experience that too. You want other people to know the hope, the love that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. The last point I'll make today is, is, uh, is that the end result is that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Not that everyone will praise you if you're trying to please people. You can't be a servant of Christ. That's in the scriptures. But that people would praise God. So when they see the way that you live, they see Jesus, and the result is they want to glorify and praise God. Uh, in the scriptures, in Acts uh, ten, I think the uh, the story of, of the Gentiles receiving the Holy Spirit, and and, and Peter is preaching the good news to them. And as they are hearing the truth and the reality of the story of Jesus, that he came and he died for us, and he rose again on the third day, as they're hearing that, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And they began praising God. They began magnifying God. They began extolling God. They made God big in their lives, and they realized that this is truth. This is the Lord! We have a hope forever in Him. The greatest recommendation that we can make through our lives is that people would experience what it means to live this life, that they would glorify God. When you authentically, genuinely glorify God in your life, there is a powerful piece of His presence that comes. If we do it genuinely and authentically, he meets us every step of the way. That is the gift that is available to all the people in our workplaces, the people in our school. As we're saved, we don't just keep it to ourselves. We live this life that God has called us so that people can see the results and the fruit of our salvation. I don't know if you've ever uh, gotten a recommendation from... uh, you know friends or family or something about a movie or a restaurant you ever had that and you go there like they're like talking it all up oh it's amazing you just gotta check it out it's so good and you go there and you're like "Was this the right restaurant was this the, was this the same movie was there a sequel or something that we missed when people are drawn to god when people praise and glorify him from you shining your light and them seeing your approved and genuine work there is nothing that compares to that free gift there is nothing that compares to a life redeemed and set free by jesus christ so people are seeing your life where you are right now have you had that transformation Have you had that realization? This intimate relationship, seeing God not as a stern father that judges sinners and is angry at us, but as a loving and intimate and correcting father who says, I see you, son. I love you. I'm here for you. Ah, don't do that. Let me help you. I gave it all for you. I love you. Do we have that transformation and that change in our own life that we're sharing to other people? Maybe you're in a, a spot you know, where you've lost the reality of who God is in your life or you, you don't uh, identify with the salt or, or, or even feel like sharing your, your light Maybe you've, uh, you've walked with God and you've walked away. He's just reminding you this morning how much he loves you, how much he cares for you. There's a hope and a future in Christ. One of the words over our church prophetically was that we would be a church that is genuine. That we would have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Not both feet in the church. Because if we're not reaching people with our lives if we're not living it out we just come on sundays and maybe wednesday night once in a while and do the thing and do the odd good deed and all that we're not truly letting our good deeds and our genuine and approved life shine to others to know christ there are people in your life that need god if if we are not being that light then let's pray that god you would transform us if we are a, a christian that needs to be saved have your way in us lord we submit and surrender to him and when we do he fills us he gives us living water that bubbles up and overflows into our daily lives especially when it doesn't make sense we're not always trying to be first all the time or have people think a certain way about us we're only trying to please god because all this is a mist it's a vapor like the morning fog it's here today and gone tomorrow does that encourage you it should because our hope is fixed on jesus that he beat sin and death he conquered the grave and we can too through a living relationship with jesus every head bowed. I just want to take a moment. We do this every Sunday. We want to give you an opportunity. If you um, are far from God right now, the scriptures say that if you um, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you're saved. That's it. So the Lord is the one who saves us. The Lord is the one who woos us and calls us and brings us to church today, and puts people in our lives. And if you're there, there's a very simple response that may feel a little bit silly when you're doing it. With with every head bowed, if you just feel a yes on your spirit to what God's put in your life, that you recognize and realize that you, you, you are weak. You are lost. You need God in your life for your family, for your... For your grandkids for your future for your spouse for your friends for those around you you need god i want to be that salt and that light i want that life-changing water it is free and available through jesus christ so wherever you're at with every head bowed i can't see it but i just want you to before the lord just raise your hand and just say god i need you i just recognize i'm lost without you father We'd lift our hand and say, God, be Lord of my life. I want to be obedient to you. I want to submit and surrender everything to you. Just raise your hand. Say, Jesus, I need you. I've been trying to do it my own way, and I'm lost without you, God. Help me to be the salt that you called me to be. For anyone watching online, you can join me in prayer today. With every head bowed, we just say, Jesus. Lord, we repeat this prayer. We, we give you our life, Lord. We submit and surrender everything to you. We, we recognize and honor and stand in awe of what you have done for us, that you chose us, that you love us so much, God. We surrender our plan and our ideas and our lives to you. Jesus, would you be Lord of my life? If you prayed that prayer, you can talk to someone here in the church afterwards or find me or or you can text Jesus on the screen he's on all platforms you know that let's pray God we just thank you for um, what you're doing in our church we thank you for what you're doing in our lives God we submit and we surrender to you right now Father help us this week help us today God to eradicate any area that doesn't please you God so that we would be holy unto you, Father, through the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, God. Bless every person here. Give them an excitement and a joy and a spirit in their step, that they're saved, that they have an eternal hope and glory through Jesus Christ. And if they don't feel that, if they don't recognize that today, Lord, we thank you that you're going to keep doing what you do, that you will draw all unto you, Father just love your presence, God. We love your church, God. We love what you're doing in our lives for Love City, God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.